welcome to the weekly podcast of Trinity Life Church. We are a local church that gathers in downtown Toronto on Sundays and all throughout our city during the week. Now our mission is to help people discover their identity and destiny in Christ so we can influence our city, our country, and our world. If you're looking for a place to call home, we'd love to have you. Our services are Sunday from 10.30 to noon at Jarvis Collegiate. Enjoy this week's podcast. Verse 21, you can follow along, it's two verses today. It says, Now when all the people were baptized, and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heavens were opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form, like a dove, and a voice came from heaven, You are my beloved Son. With you I am well pleased. Oh man, so good. Love that picture of discipleship. That's what discipleship is, guys. It is someone teaching another person something and then letting them go. It's releasing them. And guys, did you see like how excited Dave was when, when he did that with Ethan? I mean, it was like he's riding his bike for the first time. I mean, it was just, it was awesome. And then, like, he's cheering like this. You see Dave's hair, like, bouncing up and down, you know? He's, like, cheering, and, oh, I, I love it. And then Ethan just, like, rides off, and I, like, into the sunset. It looks so cool. And, and that's a picture of discipleship. That's, uh, we have a series of these videos coming out. That's, that's the first one. It's perfect for today, because today we're talking about sonship and what that means for us, what that means for Jesus in light of his baptism out of Luke chapter 3. And, uh, and, and so, uh, guys, I just, yeah, I'm just excited about what God's doing. Now, uh, in this series called Discover Jesus, we are talking about the humanity of Christ. It's often a topic that um, uh, we, we don't talk a whole lot about, uh, probably because we don't understand a whole lot about it. I know for me, as I'm going through uh, Luke here and studying this, uh, these scriptures with the lens of Christ's humanity, I'm learning so much more about who Jesus is as, a, as he was in the flesh, in the days of his flesh, as the writer of Hebrews says, uh, as he dwelt among us than I ever did before. And so I'm excited to share that with you guys because there's something special here that I feel like we've missed in our own discipleship that Luke is trying to give us. And Luke in particular, because I feel like out of all the gospels in particular, Luke deals with the humanity of Christ and shows us that uh, a little bit more clearly maybe. And so, or maybe it's just a bigger emphasis for him. And, uh, and so we're in this series because uh, I think is if we can discover our humanity, because that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to be more human, not less human. We're, we're, we're new creations in Christ Jesus. The, the image of God is being restored in us, and that is part of our humanity that is given us, right? He breathed the breath of life into us. And so as we discover more of that, we will discover Jesus, and we will discover wisdom. We will discover how to live this life as he is our model for doing so. And guys, we're in this, in this really tough time. I mean, 2020 hasn't gone like anybody thought it would. Uh, I started... I started, I've, I've always wanted to journal, but this year I started journaling, and what a year to start doing that, right? Because 
this is a year that we're all going to look back on as we, as we grow older to say, wow, so much happened this year. And all of us are talking about the new normal, right? You hear that word thrown, thrown about all the time, like, what is the new normal? Let's, let's figure out what that is. But I think for most of us, the new normal is just the old normal dressed up or a little different. And so take the church, for instance. So many pastors, church leaders, so many churches are just, are just trying to get back to the old normal where we gather on Sunday mornings, where we do our things on Sunday, where we do whatever, whatever it was that the church did, except now you're wearing masks and now you're, you have hand sanitizer everywhere. Guys, that's not a new normal. That's the old normal with a mask on. And I don't want that to be our new normal, right? Because God is doing something in our time. And so for you individually, your new normal right now uh, may even be worse than the old normal, right? Like, like you used to go to a, a workplace where you saw people and you could pass by someone's office or cubicle or desk and, and talk to them. You used to pass by, do they still have water coolers? You used to be able to do that uh, and, and chat with people. Now you're working from home in isolation, is that really what, what the new normal is going to be? I mean, uh, and, and, and a lot of you, you weren't satisfied with the old normal. And now the new normal is worse because you're struggling financially, you're struggling in relationships, you're in isolation, uh, you're struggling um, just with purpose in life and, and the future and, and all these things because so many things are uncertain. And, and maybe this is a time to completely reset. Maybe it's a time to like just... Wipe the slate clean. Go to the Lord with, with um, wide open hands and say, God, whatever you want my new normal to be, whatever you want our new normal as a church to be, God, I, I want that. Because I really wasn't satisfied with the old normal. I really wasn't satisfied with that. Uh, and, and guys, maybe this, maybe this was the case for you. Uh, I mean, do you really want to return to uh, that job that was unsatisfactory? that relationship that was less than abundant, that uh, the way you lived out your faith and, and how fledgling your faith was. Do you want to go back to that? All right? We talked about last week, you're stuck on the mountain. You can either choose to go back, stay there, or go forward. And Brother Lawrence, he says, if you're not moving forward in the spirit, you're actually moving backwards. There's no stagnation. So even if you stayed stuck on the mountain, you are, you are stagnating. You are uh, not moving forward in the gale of the Holy Spirit. And guys, we're asking the Lord, we're trying to hear and obey from God uh, on what he wants the new normal to be for our church and for us individually. And guys, I'm excited about that. I'm excited about that for you. I'm excited about that for our church. And I'm excited about what God is doing because he's given us an opportunity to walk through a wide open door to create a new normal ourselves. Think about it. We've been in this normal for seven months. And there's at least another seven months ahead of us. We're halfway to a new normal, guys. So we could just grit our teeth and say, we're just going to hold on until the old normal returns, and we're going to do things the exact same way as before, just with masks. Or we could take the next seven months and say, God, what do you want for us? Open-handedly, what do you want for us? And guys, the key to this is sonship. That's the key here. Why is that important? Well, because if you recognize your identity in Christ as a son of God, 
then you aren't afraid to lose what you've already gained because you know you have everything at your disposal as a son of God. Dave was saying this morning, uh, he loved how we're talking about this because this morning, uh, Ethan walked in and I heard part of the story, so I'm gonna probably butcher it a bit, but you'll get the picture. Uh, uh, Ethan walked in and he, and he grabbed something of Dave's, tool or video camera, I don't know, <laughs> something of Dave's, and, and Ethan assumed that it was his because it was his father's. You hear that? Ethan, his son, who is four or five, 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 assumed that it was his because it was his father's. That's the power you have in Christ Jesus. That is Ephesians 1, that you have all spiritual blessings in Christ Jesus. How many of them? All of them. Every spiritual blessing. Say that to your, to your neighbor, to whoever you're with. If you're not with anybody, say it out loud. I have all spiritual blessings. I have every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus at your disposal. How amazing is that? You're just like Ethan going in, going in uh, and, and using whatever is Dave's. It's there for you. It's there for you. And that's your reality in Christ Jesus. And so sonship is so important. Guys, sonship, uh, uh, I kind of have to address this. I don't have to address this, but I'm going to address this in our day and age, in our culture. This isn't a gender statement. Just want to say that this isn't about gender. This is about status. This is about the gospel saying this to us out of Galatians, saying there's neither male nor female, Jew nor Greek, slave nor free. Doesn't matter what your status was before, now we're all in Christ Jesus equally and the same. Amen? Like, that's good. That's good news. Because if you're poor this morning, you're rich in Christ Jesus. If you're rich this morning, you're poor in Christ Jesus. Oh, man, how cool is that? The gospel says that, like, like it, it just, it's a great equalizer for us, right? Neither, like, none of that, none of that matter. All of that takes ordering under who Jesus is. So, sonship for us. Sonship, we're going to talk about this morning through Christ's baptism. We're going to use that term because the distinction here is we are not hirelings, right? This isn't a religion. I was explaining to my girls yesterday. We were talking about the, the Christian faith, and how it's different from other religions because we're not striving to earn God's favor or his approval, right? We're, we don't have to try to do a whole bunch of good things and then hope in the end it all pans out. We know in Christ Jesus, if we accept his sacrifice, if we accept his, his life on our behalf, then we operate as sons seated at the right hand of the Father with Jesus Christ in the heavenlies. We know that it's not, it has nothing to do with us. It's our choice to be, uh, to accept his life for our life. And that changes everything because instead of, instead of working for approval, we work from approval, right? And that's the bottom line of, of today's sermon. We're going to take this all throughout the sermon today. It's, I want you to discover your new normal from approval, not for approval today. I want you to discover your new normal not from, appro or from approval, not for approval. And so many of you are striving in your life. You're trying to earn God's favor. You're trying to make sure you do the checklist. You're trying to do certain things. And you haven't realized that you get to live the abundant life. And I want to show you that this morning. So 
here in chapter 3, verse 21 and 22, only two verses today, which you think that means we're going to finish earlier, but can't promise that. Um, Verses 21 and 22 today in Luke chapter 3. It says, now when all the people were baptized. Okay, let's, let's stop there. What, what's happening here? Uh, everyone's getting, like all these people are getting baptized. And they're getting baptized for a certain reason, uh, which we're going to talk about in a second. But this is, this is an important structural thing for Luke in the gospel here. Um, he marks this point as the beginning of Jesus's public ministry. So that's important because it means Jesus has done, hasn't done anything publicly yet. Okay. And this is the, the beginning of that. And it's so important. And, and, and don't be fooled. It's only two verses, right? Jesus or Luke actually deals with Christ's baptism less than Matthew does. Uh, but it's such an important part of Luke because you see this when, when people start preaching the gospel in the sequel to Luke, which is the book of Acts. And so in Acts chapter 10, Peter's preaching the gospel, and where does he start? We starts with Christ's baptism. And that's important. And I use Christ for a reason because this is, uh, we'll get to this in a second, but this is when Jesus basically is anointed. Right, he's he's like it's his it's his it's just where where he is declaring in a sense who he is right as the Messiah as the Christ. So then you go to Paul in Acts chapter thirteen. This is where Paul starts. He says he starts the gospel with Christ's baptism. And if you look in Acts chapter one, even when when the the eleven disciples are trying to choose a new disciple to replace Judas. They say, we need to get someone who has been around this, with us since this time of Jesus' baptism, all the way to his ascension. So it becomes this marker for them. So this is a highly significant, highly important part of identifying who Jesus is. Okay, but you're, we're going to see that Luke isn't so much concerned about the baptism as, as much as it is about Christ's experience with the Father as his son. And you see here, uh, you see that because it says, and when Jesus also had been baptized. So was that five words? Luke talks about this in five words. Jesus also had been baptized. And that's it. Like, it already happened. It's in past tense for Luke. Like, it, it already happened. He's, he's moving on. Uh, and, and so he's not emphasizing the event so much as the experience. And I want us to focus on that. But why did Jesus get baptized? That, I mean, that's probably a question you're asking. Why, why did Jesus need to get baptized? It's clear back in verse 3 of this chapter that the baptism is for repentance, for the forgiveness of sins. John's baptizing all the people for that reason. And they're coming to John and they're saying, we want to repent. We want forgiveness for our sins. And then Jesus comes along and he does the same thing. But he's God. And we know that already. So why does he get baptized when he doesn't need to be forgiven for anything? When he doesn't need to repent of anything? Why would he get baptized? Well, because as Luke says, all the people were being baptized. And Jesus is identifying 
with all the people. He's identifying with his humanity. He's identifying with who he is as a son of God, as the son of God in the flesh, submitting himself to the father. He's identifying with you. He's identifying with me. And this is, this is an aside, but when people ask me why they need to get baptized, I should ask them, well, why did Jesus need to get baptized? Right? Like, this is an act of submission, if nothing else, for us. And Jesus shows this for us. Remember, he's our model. He's our example. He's modeling something for us here. He's showing us what it means to live a life full of the Holy Spirit in submission to the Father. And what we're about to see is this tremendous experience of the Trinity as he does so. And so Jesus also had been baptized, and he was praying. And the heavens were opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove, and a voice came from heaven, you are my beloved son with whom, with you, I am well pleased. Jesus was praying. Guys, you realize this is the first time in the gospel that we see Jesus praying. Right, we, he's, he's been a baby growing up. We saw him in the temple growing up. But this is the first time we see him praying. And his experience of, and, and what is praying? So he's communing with the Father. He's practicing the presence of God. So he's in the presence of God. He's, he's having a conversation with God. And this is what happens. And the heavens open up. And the Holy Spirit descends on him. And God speaks. Do you think your experience of prayer is any different from this experience of prayer? Do you think your experience with prayer can be similar to this experience of prayer? I mean, think about it. When we pray to the Father, are not the heavens open up to us? Is not the Holy Spirit already dwelling inside us? Does not the Father speak to you? Guys, Jesus is showing us what our experience of prayer should be like. It's the first thing in his ministry that happens, is he prays. How, like, how much more so should we be praying and daily communing with the Father? This is why Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 5 to pray without ceasing. Because this is what happens when we do that. Now, I was, this week I was with my girls taking them to school, and we were talking about conversation. And, and, and I feel like most of us don't know how to have a conversation with God through prayer. And we call it prayer like it's this, like, um, other thing. Right? Like it's this spiritual other thing, this other entity, when all it is is just having a conversation with God. So let's just talk about it like that. We're just talking to God. Like how often do you talk to God? And I was telling my girls, and, and, and so before I get that, I, I'm convinced that many of us don't know how to have a conversation with God because we don't know how to have a conversation with each other. Just look at social media. Uh, um, we don't know how to talk to each other. 
and we don't know how to take responsibility for actions. We don't know how to confess confess to each other and say I'm sorry. We don't know how to just ask each other how they're doing and be genuine about it. We don't know how to listen. We don't know how to just have a conversation with somebody else. And I was telling my girls this, and I was trying to disciple them into having a conversation with me in order to show them what it means to have a conversation with God, their father. And we're walking, we just, I just got to school, we're, we're walking on the sidewalk, and I say, guys, do you know that I say the same three things to God every morning, at least, plus other things, but I say the same three things every morning to God to invite him in to say, it's like, good morning, God, right? Just like I'd say to anybody else, good morning, God. How are things going, right? Speak, I want to hear from you today. Uh, fill me with your spirit. I want to be more like you today, Jesus. That, that's all I say every morning, plus some other things, uh, depending on the morning. And then I told the girls that just as I'm walking next to you on the sidewalk, I'm walking with God wherever I go. Galatians talks about walking in step with the spirit, right? And I view my day and everything in that way. And when I get off track, I remember again, well, God, God is with me. He's right next to me. And then I can talk to him wherever I am, right? And guys, you should have seen their faces, their eyes. They, they're both like, really? You talk to God that way? Like, you know God that way? And I told them that they can too. They just need to be able to have conversation. And, and so we're practicing conversation and then um, tell them that they can do that with the Lord. And Jesus is showing us here what that looks like. I mean, the Holy Spirit descends on him, right? We have this whole Trinitarian experience where Jesus, the Son, is there. Uh, the Spirit is there descending on him uh, in bodily form like a dove. And then the Father speaks. And it says, a voice came from heaven, and he says, you are my beloved Son. With you, I'm well pleased. And Jesus is anointed here by the Holy Spirit. He's declared the Messiah. Like this is the fruition of all the prophecies in the Hebrew scriptures up to this point, that the Holy Spirit is going to dwell in us, that we will have a new heart, a heart of, uh, a heart of flesh that, that re replaces our heart of stone. And Jesus is showing us what that looks like here. That happens for him, and he fulfills all of that for us. And he's anointed, and, and uh, in two sermons we'll talk about this, but in, in chapter 4, the next chapter, uh, Jesus opens up the Isaiah scroll to Isaiah 61, and he declares this. He says, this is the year of the Lord's, of the Lord's favor. He says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovering of sight of the blind, to set liberty to all those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And as Adam said earlier, that you have been given a new headdress, that out of the ashes you've come, you've been given a new headdress. That's why we sang that song earlier, Rise. It's so beautiful, guys, and we'll talk about that in a couple weeks. But this is where the anointing happens. He's anointed with the Holy Spirit. And guys, he hasn't done anything yet. And he's anointed with the Holy Spirit. That is his anointing. 
That is the declaration that's placed over him as the son of God. And he's fulfilling scripture. You may say, you may be saying, wow, that's awesome. Like Jesus is fulfilling scripture and, and that's great. And they're going to talk about that in Luke chapter 4 and Isaiah 61, hundreds and hundreds of years ago. Uh, well, guess what, guys? You know what's also great? You've also been anointed. You also have the Holy Spirit. And you also are fulfillment of scripture and can fulfill scripture. Matthew 28 says, Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things I have commanded them, and, I, and surely I'll be with you to the end of the age. You are the fulfillment of Matthew 28 this morning. If you've been baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, if the Spirit of God is dwelling in you, you also have fulfilled Scripture, and you have the ability to perpetuate the fulfillment of Matthew 28 by making disciples who make disciples, who make disciples, who make disciples. You have that power as a son of God. In your own sonship. And, and guys, that is a working out of, out of Jesus Christ, your identity in him, from approval, not for it. You can never do anything to earn your approval. God has already approved you because he's approved him. He's approved Jesus, and you have chosen to put your life in Jesus, so when God sees you, he sees Jesus. In Colossians 3, Paul says that your life is hidden in Christ Jesus. He says, actually, Christ is your life. Ah, oh, guys, how much, how much more abundant will your life be if you actually walk forward in that truth today? you actually walk forward in knowing that Jesus has paid it all, that he's done it all for you on your behalf, that you are anointed just like he was anointed to make disciples and point people to the Father. That's what Jesus is doing. That is his public ministry, pointing everyone to the Father. And the voice comes from heaven and says, you are my beloved son, with you I am well pleased. Again, he hasn't done anything yet. And you may say, well, He's done something, right? I mean, he stepped out of heaven and he became a baby, right? But what I mean is that's in his divinity, stepped out of heaven. This is in his humanity and his divinity, right? He's fully God, fully human, and he is, and he is learning how to operate in this capacity to show us what it looks like to live a life full, full of the Holy Spirit. And... And so he is doing this in his humanity. Right? Like his public ministry is going to be in his humanity as much as it is in his divinity. Now, again, like I said last week, we can't fully grasp that and understand that. But guys, now that we are in Christ Jesus, we operate out of our humanity, our humanness, but also our godliness, right? Now, we are supposed to be holy and perfect as God is holy and perfect, as, as Jesus says in, in the Sermon on the Mount. And, and so Jesus is showing us that we can operate in both. You have the Holy Spirit of God inside you. So how do we now operate in both? We operate from approval, not for approval. And that's so key here, guys. That's so important because we live in a culture that is all about achievement, that is all about, um, 
you know, recognition, that is all about narcissism, that is all about uh, making your own way, all these things. But Jesus is the way, not just for your spiritual life and your faith. He's the way for every aspect of your life. Everything. You can't put Jesus in a box over here in your church box, right? He informs every sphere of your life, and he's made the way. So when he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, he means that not just for this part. He means that for all of it. So as we, uh, as we, um, as we read this passage, you know, as you read the Bible, you're supposed to put yourself in the place of what's happening in the scriptures. And so as we do that in this passage, God is saying that to us. If you're in Christ Jesus this morning, he's saying, you're my beloved son, and with you I'm well pleased. Now go out and live out of that reality. And when you sin and you mess up, don't be afraid to say, God, I'm sorry. Don't be afraid to say, I shouldn't have done that. I take full responsibility for that. Um, I made this decision, that was bad. But thank you, God, that Jesus has paid it all for me. Thank you that his blood washes me white. Thank you that in him, I'm still approved because you don't see me in my sin. You see Jesus in his perfect sinlessness. You don't see me. Thank you. Praise God that that is my reality today. And, and this is so important because immediately following this passage, Jesus goes into the wilderness and is tempted by Satan himself in a very intense way. And Satan himself comes to Jesus and, and tempts him with, with these three big temptations. And Jesus is going in the wilderness almost like he's going into exile, right? This is, it's actually a picture of him, we'll talk about this more next week, being a picture of him uh, in the wilderness like Israel was in the wilderness. And, and so he's identifying with the people of God there, you see. And, and, and Jesus here um, is firm in his identity. And that's what he keeps on throwing back at the enemy, and that's why this is so important for us this morning. And, and in this narrative, what immediately follows this is the genealogy of Christ. And you see here this beautiful mingling of Christ's divinity and his humanity, because it starts out with saying Jesus being the son, as it was supposed, uh, of Joseph. And then it goes on, who's the son of this person, the son of this person, the son of this person, all the way to the son of Enos, the son of Seth, the son of Adam, the son of God. And you see this beautiful mingling of Christ's humanity and divinity in his genealogy, that yes, he is, he is uh, the son of this whole line, and then, he's also, and then they trace it back to God the Father. And so, guys, that's who we are. This should be your new normal. I don't want you to go back to that unsatisfactory relationship. I don't want you to go back to that fledgling faith. I don't want you to go back to a church experience that was less than abundant. I don't want you to go back to a, a church experience that was boxing your faith in. I want you to move forward in who you are as a son of God. And I want that for you and I want that for our church. So many of us are holding on to things that are just killing us. They're boxing us in, they're hindering us, they're making us stumble, but God wants us to move forward in freedom, in our identity, 
from approval, not for approval. And guys, for our church in this time, we are completely open-handed with what a new normal will look like for the church. Guys, I believe that some drastic changes need to be made for the church in the future in Canada to survive. And in most of Western society. You can throw Western Europe, America into that as well. Uh, Drastic changes need to happen in the church for the church to thrive in whatever is going to be on the other side in seven months, eight months, nine months, ten months. And so this morning we changed up our liturgy. And that's just one thing that's happening, uh, as you will see, as we push forward as a church uh, to not stay stuck on that mountain, but to push forward from approval, not for approval, to make disciples who make disciples who make disciples who make disciples for the glory of God. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for your example here. Thank you that you've shown us and modeled for us what it means to fully live in your spirit. And so give us your Holy Spirit this morning. Empower us. And may we have this mentality that Ethan had, that that what, what is the Father's is ours. That all authority on heaven and on earth has been given to you, Jesus. And as we are in you, we exercise that. So we love you, Jesus. We pray you fill us with your Holy Spirit. And we ask this in your name. Amen. If you want to know more about the TLC community, check out trinitylife.ca or you can find us on Facebook. Of course, we'd way rather meet you in person, so we hope to see you at a service soon.